0: Hello, this is Meghnath from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Friday, May 1st and the year 2020 is 33% complete. That's right, one third of this depressing year is over, my dear listeners. Best of luck for the rest. Here are the latest figures for the coronavirus spread in India. The number of confirmed cases in India is now at 35,052 and the death toll is 1,159. Worldwide, the cases have crossed 31,45,000 while the death toll is at 2,21,800. Data from the Ministry of Health and Family Welfare published last evening showed that the number of reported coronavirus cases in India rose 12% over the past two days. This is a slower rate of increase compared to the previous 48 hours where the reported case count rose 14% to touch 28,380. So far this week, the number of cases has gone up by 18%, that is between Sunday evening and Wednesday evening. This is slower compared to the previous three days when confirmed cases had risen by 24%. Although India's coronavirus trajectory has tapered over the past couple of weeks, it continues to be steeper compared to Asian peers such as Japan and Indonesia. According to projections at the current trajectory, India's case count would reach 50,000 by next Wednesday. Compared to Western nations where the virus has claimed more lives, the trajectories of most Asian countries, including India, have been flatter so far. Yet with new infections declining, the worst may be over for several European countries. In most Asian countries, new infections are still rising. India's case count is now roughly double what it was 11 days ago. This is a much slower rate compared to early April, when the cases were doubling every four days. Deaths have also seen slower rise. In some good news, the first train carrying migrant workers stranded by a nationwide lockdown has left the southern state of Telangana. The 24-coach train, carrying 1,200 passengers, is travelling non-stop to eastern Jharkhand. Earlier this week, central government officials said millions of people stranded by the lockdown can return to their home states. However, the movement of people will only be possible through state government facilitation, which means people cannot attempt to cross state borders on their own. Rakesh C.H., the chief public relations officer of South Central Railways, said, quote, This train is a one-off special train to transport the workers on the request of the Telangana state government. Each carriage is carrying 54 passengers instead of its 72-seat capacity. The middle berth is not being used in the sleeper coaches and only two people are sitting in the general coaches. Before the train pulled out of the station, all the passengers were screened for fever and other symptoms. The train left Lingampalli, a suburb of the southern city of Hyderabad, earlier today and is expected to reach Hatia in Jharkhand on Saturday. Rakesh CH informed the media that adequate social distancing precautions had been taken and food was being served to the passengers as well. According to sources, a second such train is scheduled to depart Kerala's Ernakulam at 6 pm for Bhubaneswar in Odisha. Sources have said the train, which will carry over thousand people, will be thoroughly disinfected and all passengers who will be brought to the station by the state will be required to maintain social distancing. The move to send migrants home by train comes two days after the centre permitted migrants, students and other people who do not have symptoms of coronavirus infection to return home. This comes nearly five weeks after nationwide lockdown was imposed to break the chain of transmission of the virus. The opposition Congress, which has been critical of the government's handling of the migrant crisis, described the special trains as a, quote, knee-jerk reaction, unquote, and said it was too little, too late. The center had earlier allowed Uttar Pradesh to bring back migrants stuck in Haryana, a move that irked Bihar chief minister and ruling BJP ally Nitish Kumar. Kumar lashed out at the injustice and said interstate movement of people during a lockdown defied its logic. Jharkhand was also one of the states to question the apparent violation of lockdown rules under which all rail, road and air traffic has been stopped. The Election Commission of India will hold elections for the nine vacant seats in the Maharashtra Legislative Council, the Upper House of the State Assembly, on May 21st. The Chief Minister Uddhav Thakare needs to be elected from one of the nine seats by May 28th to retain his post at the helm of the state. The 288 members of Maharashtra Legislative Assembly will vote to elect the members to the upper house. A senior poll officer said, Quote, Elections for the post of nine MLCs have been cleared. The commission has decided to hold the election on May 21st. Normally the counting is done on the same day. The elections will also be declared then. Several political parties, including the Shiv Sena Nationalist Congress Party and Congress, had written to the Commission requesting them to hold the elections. The Chief Secretary has assured us that the situation is better and under control. MHA and Health Ministry guidelines will be followed and all necessary precautions will be taken to ensure the conduct of these polls. Since the election is to the upper house and 288 members will be voting, the management will be easier." Senior Shiv Sena leader, Sanjay Raut, tweeted to thank the poll panel for its decision to hold the elections. He wrote, quote, The Election Commission of India has allowed elections to the Legislative Council in Maharashtra. I hope the uncertainty that was created will end now. I am grateful to the central government and the election commission of the country. Satya meva jayate, unquote. Maharashtra governor, Bhagat Singh Koshyari, had asked the commission on Thursday to hold the polls at earliest. In a letter issued by Raj Bhavan, the governor said the elections will help end the uncertainty prevailing in the state. The seats have been lying vacant since April 24th. Koshiari had urged the commission to take note of the fact that the centre had allowed for various relaxations in the second phase of the lockdown. In the letter, he mentioned that as such, the elections to the council seats can be held with certain guidelines. The Election Commission had earlier decided to defer the elections in light of the public health emergency due to the coronavirus pandemic. US President Donald Trump threatened China with fresh tariffs as he stepped up his attacks on Beijing over the coronavirus crisis, saying he has seen evidence linking a Wuhan lab to the contagion. The diatribe from Trump came as data revealed the United States shedding more than 30 million jobs in six weeks as lockdown measures began to take effect. The gloom in the world's largest economy found its parallel across the Atlantic where experts warned of an unprecedented financial catastrophe in Europe as well. The coronavirus is believed to have originated late last year in a market in the Chinese city of Wuhan that sold wild animals for human consumption but speculation has swirled about a top-secret lab in the ground-zero city. When asked by reporters if Trump had seen anything giving him a high degree of confidence that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was the source of the outbreak, he replied, quote, yes, I have, unquote. But after being pressed by reporters at the White House for details on what made him so confident, Trump replied, I cannot tell you that, unquote. Trump is increasingly making Beijing's handling of the outbreak a major issue for this November re-election campaign. When asked about reports that he could cancel US debt obligations to China, Trump said he could do it differently and act in probably a little bit more of a forthright manner. Okay then. Despite a truce in the long-running trade war between Washington and Beijing reached in January, Tariffs are already in place on two-thirds of the trade between the economic powers. European and U.S. markets finished Thursday in negative territory as a spate of figures confirmed fears about how the COVID-19 crisis is pulverizing global growth. The latest number of jobless claims, which has risen to 3.84 million Americans, indicates that roughly 9% of the U.S. population has filed for unemployment benefits in six weeks. In the Midwestern U.S. state of Michigan, protesters, some of them armed, stormed the state capitol building, demanding that the Democratic governor remove strict lockdown rules. Protesters claim that these measures hurt the economy and represent governmental overreach. The depressing U.S. jobs data compounded the tough message from President of European Central Bank, Christine Lagarde. She warned, quote, The euro area is facing an economic contraction of a magnitude and speed that are unprecedented in peacetime. ECB economists expect output in the 19-nation currency club to shrink by 5-12% to this year. Eurostat figures showed the eurozone economy was estimated to have shrunk by 3.8% in the first quarter. Economy minister Peter Altmaier warned that Germany, which is Europe's biggest economy, is set to experience the worst recession in the history of the Federal Republic. He predicted that the country's economy would shrink by a record 6.3%. And now for some stuff from the stables of newslaundry.com. Dear listeners, this lockdown is making me watch a lot of content on the internet. I have been following newslaundry for a while now, even before I started working here. Yesterday, I started binge-watching a classic show News Laundry produced called Clothesline. It was a -a one-of-a-kind political and news satire show hosted by Madhutrihan and is available on our YouTube channel. I highly recommend you go to our channel and watch episode 72 of the show. It showcases some classic News Laundry impact which made the RSS change their uniform. From chaddi to pants... No, seriously, go watch, we have proof. I also recommend another classic series called I agree, where an agreeable Abhinandan Sekri speaks to some controversial figures and never disagrees. He has spoken to people like M.L. Sharma, the cookie lawyer, Tajinder Bagga, the cookie activist, and even Minakshi Lekhi. These are all old interviews, but they're all still so relevant. So on this Friday, I recommend you go and explore the vast library of content on News Laundry's YouTube page. There's a lot of it. Trust me, you'll just get lost. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe to News Laundry. All of this content for years has been created thanks to the contributions by listeners like you. We will continue to create more if you support us. Go to our website, click on the subscribe button and become a member of News Laundry. Pay to keep news free. Because when the public pays, the public is served. When advertisers pay, advertisers are served. That's all the news I have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. Stay at home, stay safe and see you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent.